0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: Welcome back to CMO Spotlight. I'm Catherine Hayes, and I have with me Jenny Rooney, who's the Forbes CMO Network editor. Um, We have our very special Super Bowl uh, uh, show today. We're really thrilled to have with us... um, Dean Evans. He's the chief marketing officer for Hyundai Motor America. And we're really thrilled because you can imagine with a Super Bowl coming up on Sunday that he's a pretty busy guy. So thanks so much for being with us today, Dean. Welcome.
0: Hi, Dean.
2: Oh, hello. And thanks for the great welcome. Thanks, ladies.
1: We're really pleased to have you. So what we hope to do today is get a little bit of the backstory on all of this. Um, You, uh, our first guest, uh, was a first timer for the Super Bowl. And we have you, and I think it's what your eleventh or twelfth year that you guys have been in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, we're on eleven or yeah. twelve. yes, yeah. yes, twelve.
0: Amazing. So, and you just um, you just released your ad yesterday. Is that correct or today? Yes, just came out
2: yesterday. Yes.
0: Okay. So so let's dive in. Um, maybe for those folks who um, haven't perhaps haven't seen it, let, let's just talk a, bit, a little bit about the um, ad itself and uh, some of the backstory to that.
2: Yeah, no, thanks. Um, You know, we're excited because, you know, we've been saying um, the Hyundai brand is about acts of the better, and we want to make, you know, our customers' and prospective customers' lives better. We've been on a mission for a while to make the shopping experience um, better um, and the best, and we've been doing that. And so we thought, you know, our retailers have been putting in a lot of hard work over the last year and a half as we've been rolling this across the country, and, and making customers at retail even a bigger North Star than they've ever been in our business. And so our retailers came back and said, you know what, it's time to shout it from the rooftops because we think it's a competitive advantage. And so that's what we're doing here at the Super Bowl. We're reminding um, the U.S. audience that uh, we do have a better way to buy a car, and we're bringing Jason to the table to help us communicate that in what we think is a really clever and funny and entertaining way.
0: Okay, so Jason Bateman, talk a little bit about him specifically. You know, obviously choosing the, the talent that you're going to have sort of represent your brand, if you will, in the ad is always an important decision. Why, why did he make the most sense for you this year?
2: <laughs> you know, we looked at lots of scripts as part of this process. We looked over 250 scripts from around the world from the best minds wow. to say, how does this, you know, creative brief, you know, make people laugh? make sure shopper assurance is represented and also, you know, um also um show our brand new flagship um Palisade. And so we passed that creative beef around. This script came back. The team loved it. It came from our own internal team which was even the best news. And um right out of the shoot the, the creative leads on it said it has to be Jason because ah. this is who they envisioned Oh. on day one when they put the script together saying that's you know so elevator operator he's going to have to say stuff like way down <laughs> um like he says in the script and we we want someone that's just going to feel that um from a comedic standpoint and a comedic standpoint um and personal brand level we all thought wow let's see if our first choice if he's interested well we luck out
1: oh <laughs> and yeah. you don't
2: always get that and it was love at first sight between us and the rest is history there. It's That's such
1: a fabulous ad. I could watch it over and over and over. It's, really... it's just hysterical. It's
0: such a crowded space though. Obviously the game itself is crowded and then obviously there are other, you know, auto manufacturers um, in in the game. So, you know, you've done this, you said eleven years is your twelfth year. Is it where you just feel like you have to continue to be present how do you sort of weigh the decision or is it never a decision year to year you just absolutely know that given your history of being there that you have to be there again Um, we're gonna
2: be in there I think for the foreseeable future Um, at least um, you know while I'm weighing in on part of that decision here Um, and I only say that only because this is the biggest day of the year where people actually are tuning into your message we
1: want to see an ad what a concept (laughs) We I, I know that.
2: it's pricey, but we're a big company yeah. too, and there are other companies with the financial, you know, sensibility to do something like this. And I just think, from a marketing standpoint, you know, all year long we're we're fighting with multi channels and all this kind of stuff and distraction. And this day, you know, people are pulling out the chips and salsa and the and cracking the beers so they can watch. Not just the game, but the content between it. And so that's why we have no problem every year investing in it year over year, um, especially with our track record.
0: And I must add, for those who are just tuning in, um, um, I, I level set a little bit. Uh, price of a 30-second spot this year is around $5.3 million, And I think the viewership always hovers somewhere around $110 million, something, something right around there. Um What are you going to look for this year, Dean, as opposed to previous years, especially since you're focusing on the Shopper Assurance message? You know, what do you hope to have happen um, post-game and sort of how will you also sustain what you're doing in the game as you move forward?
2: Yeah, no, that's a good question. You know, we're out to get a few things from this year's uh, messaging. First of all, I just think a, a nice brand lift. Um, will be um, built right in because we are talking about something that consumers do not like, the shopping experience, and there is no other auto brand that has anything to talk about anything like this. And so I think we're going to really stick out from that standpoint. So I think that'll be really great. Um, We're also cameoing our new SUV, um, Mm -hmm. and it is a stunning car, and we've put it in a stunning environment. And so... I think between a shopping experience and a very visually stunning flagship car, we're going to drive more business to our websites. We're going to drive more commercial business than maybe we have in the past. Um, And I only say that kind of as a juxtapose because last year um, when we did um, our salute to, you know, our our platform in in pediatric cancer and our Hope on Wheels, You know, our measurement there wasn't so much, are you going to come in and buy cars? Our measurement was customers emailing us back and saying they were proud to own a Hyundai. And our customers, you know, raising their confidence and our loyalty went up dramatically last year and was it just because of that spot no but it's just an example of you know what different roi we sometimes get out depending on the message and the tone and what we're trying to say car no car car service and 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 that combo you know so we think we'll get more commerce out of this year hmm. um versus a year before where we were hope we were hoping more of our customers just wanted to stand up and be more proud of the brand and
0: and
1: things like that, and it sounds like it worked um, for last yeah. year, yeah, mm-hmm. how did you make
0: the decision? um Dean? this is obviously a question you know, we asked this of Melina Engel, our previous guest, but in this politically polarized environment, lots of things going on culturally and in, in in society, and um you know brands sort of taking up some brands taking a a point of view and taking a stand on different issues. How did you regard that decision making and did you decide? out of the gate, you know, no, we just want to do something refreshing and apart from that or did you feel like, no, we need to consider this and see how we want to, you know, as a brand um, with that platform regard what's happening perhaps in the context of, of, of culture right now?
2: Uh, yeah, there's definitely a there's definitely a strategy in the place that says, you know, to help brand building get out and get on top of, you know, current trends, current, you know, s- what society is talking about, what's trending. And sometimes as a brand, you can decide to jump in and have a point of view there. My, our only guiding star is you have to have kind of a history. You can't just jump right. in for the sake of jumping in. Um, that's where we think that becomes not very good. Um, But for example, we just recently with the government shutdown, we ran a program where, you know, if you were a furloughed employee, you know, we stopped your payments until you got back to work. Um, wow. And so we recognize sometimes it's time to jump in. And we've had a history of that, you know, with job loss assurance. We did it a few years ago where we jumped in. So it's part of our assurance mentality. Um, but, you know, that's different sometimes than maybe jumping in on a, on a point of view that you maybe don't have any background in or, or whatnot. And you have to be careful sometimes. Like you said, it's polarizing. So we try to jump in and make sure that, you know, we're bringing people to the center and not trying to take a point of view that we know has. A point, uh, a, a pop, opposite point of view. We try to stay away from those situations.
1: So, just in terms of the the sausage making and and how the 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 ads for the Super Bowl came to be, were there any new? You you mentioned that this was your internal agency who uh, who came up with it. Were there any new collaborators in this year's effort that you hadn't had before, either from a creative perspective, technology perspective, um, given how things have changed over the past year?
2: Yeah, no, we um we definitely wanted to make sure we made people laugh this year, and we wanted to make sure Shopper Assurance was front and center, so we knew it was going to have to be something entertainment and not somber, so we went down that road. In regards to the team that pulled us together, they're veterans in the mix. Um, Barney, who is the creative director at InOcean, you know, he's been with us for many years, I think six and seven of these. Um, And then we have someone by the name of Monique Compass, who is on my side of the team, the client side, who's been, you know, basically the creative director on the marketing team for years. And this is her 12th year doing this with us. So there's a very dialed in team um, that um, specializes in what I would call Super Bowl entertainment um, and they've been doing this quite a while for us. And to me, they're the secret sauce. Um, yeah, there's director in the mix here. Jason on set was, you know, priceless because he was <laughs> also doing some of the directing. Um, I would kill so- to
1: have been on set to, <laughs> to, to just see how he. Dead pans, and he—I mean, I—I I look at the man, and I start laughing. He's—it's just so funny. That must have been a blast.
2: Yeah, and we could say I—I I was very confident leaving it because I thought we were going to have a really good chance of standing out the Super Bowl because we were laughing on the set all day. And I'm like, okay, if everyone's laughing here all day. <laughs> that's hysterical. a really good sign
0: for us. You got to do those outtakes
1: on online.
2: <gasps> oh yes, we have them coming.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: <laughs>
2: Awesome.
1: (laughs) That's perfect. That's wonderful. Well, and I guess the other thing that I wanted to ask about is, so you had some, pretty much you have a a really veteran kind of a team, but it sounds like it was more on the entertainment side, so focused on that. How about the team who's going to be watching with you? we we talked with uh, Melina Engel and she said she's going to be home with her two year old, um, but she's got a team that's very tight and certainly her social media team will be ready. How do you think about potential risk? Um, uh, and you know, uh, we've heard of teams in the past who who have sort of a uh, control center and they're together and they're ready with a couple of different options. How do you how do you think about that day and potential fallout? Not just because of what you say, but other things that might happen.
2: Yes. um, You know, every day we have a certain amount of that happening with Mm -hmm. our social media, listening, responding in in multiple teams across the organization. Obviously, on Super Bowl, we've amped that up with a few more people and some more resources. When people reach out and say, cool, we find Mm -hmm. out, for example, if they're a customer, if there is a customer, we'd like to hi-fi them back, maybe a treat for shouting out. You know, so there's a lot of that, you know, super engagement because of the volume. And so we have more teams, but it's still part of the plan we run every day. It just becomes spike the ball in regards to what we're doing there um, from a scale perspective um, that – we get excited about because you know we are going through a better scale of of that, which is usually really great. Very seldom, especially with the spot we're going to run. Do we anticipate anything too negative or right. anything? Oh my gosh, emergency! Right. We're not doing a live ad like we did our crazy heads a few years ago, and so we had to be more That's on point, awesome, you know, though. on stuff That's like cool. that. But this year's a little more toned down from an anxiety standpoint for us, and so. <laughs> There's a few more things that are a little more normally processed, but still part of a very successful, you know, go-to-market with the Super Bowl because it's obviously not just the spot that you know makes it a good uh, play overall.
0: What about the uh, the decision to pre-release it? How do you make that decision? Um, kind of what are your, what are the risk benefits there?
2: Yeah, you know, I think um, a very good question about you know to do, do this before or after. You know, before the internet, you springed it on them with the internet today and social media and you know things like like we're doing now that you know we always do get very interested in in what is before the game and so today in our opinion bringing it out just like we did for a few days so you make it in the the big Mm -hmm. public relations um, machine that happens pre-super bowl we want to be part of that too and not miss out on that um, so that's why we uh, do the quick release now, and we think it's pretty um, standard, but still tactically and smart to do it a few days
0: ahead. You know, if I may, Catherine, I just want to ask Dean real quick because um, I know we only have a, a little bit of time uh-huh. left. Um, but um, just separate from the Super Bowl, Dean, you know, um, you know, you're you're such a well-regarded CMO. You you have been so influential in the industry, and 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 with everything you're doing, you know, how do you sort of regard what you're Mandate is in 2019 what you know both obviously within your company, but more broadly, you know, I know um, Recently you participated in a in in an event where you were reaching out and sort of um, Providing perspective on the marketing industry to students, you know What do you kind of what do you feel you need to be focused on and sort of giving back to the industry giving back to sort of? um, You know the practice and sort of where are the pain points that you feel you can have impact um, as a influential CMO
2: Yeah, that's a good good question, a lot of good unpacking there. I think starting up, you know, moving forward into the coming year, some of the things we're looking at, you know, we, from a marketing standpoint overall, I think we're still going to be leaning in on how do you modernize media channels today? And then more importantly, this customer experience, you know, it's not just a fad, it really is a lifestyle, I keep reminding our retailers. And so I think we're going to continue to see more development there and and competitive advantages emerging and more profitability from the companies that continue to do that and move forward and fast there because it is competitive advantage, especially in verticals like automotive, especially because they're a little more tricky to do and a little uh-huh. more people to the altar to <laughs> have an Elmery to <laughs> yep. happen, make it happen. Yep. So all of that, I think, but I think that's, that's, you know, what we continue to stay focused on. I think that's an industry trend that makes sense, and we continue to follow it here at Hyundai because of that. Um, And and more particularly, you know, at least in automotive, I mean, the cars are becoming more computers on wheels, and they're driving themselves, and new business models are emerging, and people don't own cars anymore, or do they? Yes, they do. No, they don't. You know, so there's all (laughs) of that that goes on, and so we continue to stay, you know, how do we fortify a retail channel like we are shopper assurance how do we continue to work deeper with partners like walmart who are also good channels for us and build out those kind of relationships so you know we are better at retailing directly and better at sub retailing through other partners et cetera. so we continue to stay you know front and center with the car buying public um you know all those continue to be um i think stress points for us
0: It'll be so interesting to see what happens with cars moving forward oh my I gosh mean,
1: that's a whole yeah.
0: that's another show that's a whole
1: another show and, show. and yes. with that um, I know unfortunately Dean you uh, you have to run I know we've uh, we've taken up your time but we're really just thrilled that you did take some time to, to speak with us and share your insights and some of the backstory so um, best of luck to you on Sunday and and going forward yeah. and uh, congratulations on such a great such a great piece.
2: Great. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Dean. you both.
1: Thanks, Jenny. Dean Evans is the Chief Marketing Officer of Hyundai Motor America, and in this role he's responsible for all marketing activities for the carmaker in the United States with a big Super Bowl presence. If you haven't seen his ad, which is out, uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's 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 pretty fabulous with J- Jason Bateman. Um, so we have a few more minutes, Jenny. I wanted to uh, to chat with you a little bit sure. about some of the work that you've been doing lately. You've been out and about with your – Chief Marketing Officer network uh, that you run for Forbes, um, and I know you've been recently at uh, CES. So mm-hmm. I know that CES and Super Bowl, you know, are two big stages for Chief Marketing Officers as we think about it, but. What's kind of the vibe right now you just asked Dean Evans about you know what he's thinking about as he looks to twenty nineteen and he shared with us some of his thoughts as yeah. you spoke with the c m o s and your dinners and your panels and and private conversations, what are you seeing from from them in terms of the key themes that are that are being discussed and thought about for the year ahead?
0: yeah, well, it's interesting um yeah, you mentioned c e s you know out of the gate we enter twenty nineteen c e s is a big coming together now of c m o s um where certainly the technology is present, but it's almost tangential to some of the other um, core topics that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, a lot of CMOs actually went. To, we're at we at Davos last week, right? Um, you know, um, they're convening at a lot of a lot of big events, and they're talking about things like diversity and inclusion, sustainability, um, uh, women's leadership. I mean, these are big issues related to just businesses in general, organizations, culture, society. So there's so much conversation around that right now. And I think CMOs are um, taking the lead in a lot of those conversations.
1: Very interesting.
0: Because they have the platforms, they have the visibility in companies, and um, you know they own the voice of the customer. So they feel very much like they have that permission, you know what I mean, to represent yeah. the people who they're sort of serving, their products and services are serving.
1: The other interesting thing I'll, I'll just say is, well, just, uh, just before that, yeah. I mean, just, I, just a quick comment on when you talked about, you know, thinking organizations, culture, and society. I, I know in my experience, if you ask anybody in the C-suite, any with a, anybody with a C title, and you ask what's your number one or top three um, thing that you think about, the challenge that keeps you up at night, it's people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's attracting and retaining and growing great people. And so I just think that it's fascinating that this is, you know, the realm of the CMO because they understand that how they are talking about their company, what their branding is, is not just external by any stretch of the imagination. It has to be sort of this this consistency in terms of what they're saying externally and how they're acting internally because they will be outed if they don't do so. So it's it's exciting to me because I know we've been talking about this for years, but it's exciting to me to have the CMO is really starting to, to own that because I think the implications and the the impact on the quality Quality of marketing, in addition to the effectiveness, is is going to be profound. Yeah, the
0: talent issue is really, really, really big, and that still continues to be an issue for them. You know, getting, you know, getting sort of the right people in house so that you're delivering, right to your point, you know, externally the right kind of relationship. And I'm I'm not even to say work. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really all about the relationship and the give and take and the ongoing engagement. So, but the other thing, the other new layer that's yeah. coming in is. CMOs are going to start to have to make decisions, hard decisions around, especially with with all the new technology that's coming in, machine learning and um, AI, actually figuring out how to offload certain marketing responsibilities and duties and tasks to um, to automation mm. versus humans, and you know, mm. you could think about how how that adds a whole new layer of complexity to how CMOS need to regard their quote unquote marketing organizations and sort of the talent and skills they have in house. Um, what are people going to be best suited for in the new environment of automated marketing um, communications and and brand engagement? So that that kind of adds like a new layer of complexity.
1: It's interesting because it's you know it's been a few years now, right? That um, you can talk about it as automation but slightly different is uh, the the rise of programmatic media buys and media buying. And so we've had some experience with that for now, what? That component. Four years or something. It's hard to remember how long it's been out there. Um, and it, it sort of skyrocketed in terms of usage because of its automation and because its ability to kind of quickly and automatically, um, get media buys out there and in theory get things back. And now within the last year, we've realized just how many holes there are in that how much ad fraud there is, how much lack of viewability. I mean, it's a whole radio show in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So to your... I
0: think it goes beyond pro- media buying, you know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. It's uh, just an example a lot of other,
1: right. It's yeah. an example of, of this automation, but it, you still need to have people. You sure. still need to have adults in the room, so to speak, who yeah. who are able to actually say, you know, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We really need to get behind this, understand it. So, so it's to me, it's I, that dynamic of yes, more automation taking advantage of technology, but different skill sets around actually managing that, the risk totally. of it, the the efficacy, et cetera, et cetera. Very yep
0: cool. and then other CMOs I'll just add other CMOs have just regarded 2019 you know if you think about it 2020 is like the nice big headline year mm-hmm. and <laughs> five, ten years ago, you know, we all looked at 2020 ah. as being sort of this big watershed moment and everything's in the, you know, like Y2K, like it's yeah. just right.
1: marketing 2020, you know, there were this... Just... Advertising 2020, which is the project that I ran exactly. that resulted in the book, exactly. yeah.
0: But, uh, so it's next year, and I think that, that a lot of marketers will kind of grip onto that as mm-hmm. sort of a really cool platform, but in the meantime, 2019 is sort of like a sad little sort of, you know, pre-year. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the pizzazz that 2020 does, but 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 what I'll say is some CMOs I've talked to regard 2018 as the year of a lot of talk about a lot of things and churning up a lot of issues and focusing on a lot of um, new priorities. Mm -hmm. And you could argue that 2019 is going to be sort of a year of staying the course, but also finally putting into action a lot of things that were talked about in 2018, the big year of change and upheaval. So. Hopefully, this is sort of like a, a continuation of of, of of the priorities of 2018, but also sort of laying the groundwork for you know what we expect to obviously have happen in 2020 and beyond. So
1: that's what I've um, been hearing too. Exactly that sort of yeah. like, And moving from the you know what are these new things and new responsibilities and that that we're supposed to be doing sort of a new vision. Yeah. And. What, putting it into action and seeing how do you actually do it and, and coming up with the sort of the how, the challenges of it that move it from something that's just, you know, talk to, to the hard work of implementation and execution and transformation. Okay. Um, so that we can get to 2020. 2020- in a different place rather than more talk. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, to your point, it's, it's, it's a buildup year, but it's actually the action year in, for, for many people to, to make those shifts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be, it, it's a fun, it's always a fun story to follow. Yeah, marketing. it well, is it's a great story. It is.
1: <laughs> it, yeah. It's a great, it it, conti- it doesn't, it doesn't disappoint. There's always yeah. something new and interesting going on. Exactly. Yeah, but
0: otherwise, priority-wise, you know, um, I certainly i um, will continue to engage with CMOs in, in our core community and beyond. Um, I think our world's most influential CMOs list is one 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 platform mm-hmm. for that engagement. That will come out in June at, at the CanLines um, Festival yep. of Creativity. Um, we'll have our second annual Forbes CMO Next list um, yeah, coming out next Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Yep. Which is always a, a, a great way to shine light on some new cmos who are who are being disruptive and and really um redefining the role uh so uh so yeah, you can look look for uh, a lot of fun new things from us um, in that regard. And um, as always, I'll be thrilled to join you here on this uh,
1: yeah show. Once Excellent. A month, so. And I'm going to be spending a, a bunch of time on this notion of responsibility, with more of the role the with more roles that the chief marketing officer is taking on, and yeah. greater scope, um, and getting into real responsibility for the data that's collected in order to be able to provide more personalized and customized experiences. Um, it's going to mean um, that much more responsibility. So understanding how they're taking a hold of it. So thank you so much, Jenny. I think we have to wrap up now. It's always a pleasure having you with me. Um, Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to um, our wonderful guests today. We had um, uh, a couple people who have some great experiences coming up for you on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Thanks to our producer, Michelle Stucker, and our fabulous engineer, Daniel Bruno. Thanks to you, our wonderful audience, for listening and tuning in. Do let us know if you have any uh, questions or thoughts that you'd like to share with us. I'm at Catherine Hayes. Um, And also, uh, do let us know if there's any suggestions you have for new topics or CMOs who you'd like to hear. We'd love to do that. Keep up with all the great shows here on Business Radio at Business Radio 132. Have a great Super Bowl. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.